Summer gripped Savannah by the throat and strangled it with a slow, vicious squeeze. Most faulted the heat and cursed the humidity, but Ryan knew the weather wasn't totally to blame for the suffocating pall. Evil had settled over the city, a cloying, sweaty blanket, insidiously spreading its tentacles of misery like a silent cancer taking hold in an unsuspecting body. But people weren't going to remain unsuspecting for much longer. This latest victim was likely to change that, and then all hell was going to break loose. Compared to Savannah, he figured hell had to be a dry heat. The door to the conference room opened, and the task force members began filing in. Most held cups of steaming coffee that would only make the outdoor temperature seem more brutal. Ryan didn't bother pointing that out. He was hardly in the position to lecture others about their addictions. Their voices hadn't yet subsided when he reached out to flip on the digital projector. We've got another Vic. A close-up picture was projected on the screen. There was a muttered, Jesus, from one of the detectives. After spending the last two hours going through the photos, Ryan could appreciate the sentiment. Barbara Billings, age 34, divorced, lives alone. She was raped two days ago in her home when she got off work. He switched to the next set of pictures, those detailing her injuries. He was inside her house, but we don't know yet if he'd been hiding there or if he gained access after she arrived. She got home at six and said it was shortly after that he grabbed her. She's hazy on details, but the assault lasted hours. Where'd he dump her, the sewer? Even McElroy sounded a little squeamish, and considering that his muscle-bound body housed an unusually tactless mouth, that was saying something. Ryan clicked the computer mouse. The screen showed a photo of a pier, partially dismantled with the glint of metal beneath it. A cage had been wired to the moorings beneath this dock on St. Andrew's Sound. That's where he transported her to afterwards. Looks like the kennel I put my lab in, observed Wayne Cantrell. Ryan flicked him a glance. As usual, the detective was sitting slouched in his seat, arms folded across his chest, his features showing only the impassive stoicism of his Choctaw heritage. It is a dog kennel, Ryan affirmed. The next picture showed a close-up of it. Sturdy enough to hold a 130-pound woman. The medical exam shows she was injected twice. It'll be at least a week before we get the tox report back, but from her description of the tingling in her lips, heightened sensation and foggy memory, this sounds like our guy. Shit. Ryan heartily concurred with Cantrell's quiet assessment. It also summed up what they had so far on the bastard responsible for the rapes. The rest of the photos were shown in silence. When he got to the end of them, he crossed to the door and switched on the overhead lights. Marine Patrol wasn't able to get much information from her when they found her, so they processed the secondary scene. Her preliminary statement was taken at the hospital before the case got tossed to us. Where is she at now? This was from Isaac Holmes, the most seasoned detective on the case. With his droopy jowls and long, narrow face, he bore an uncanny resemblance to the old hound seen on reruns of the Beverly Hillbillies. But he had an enviable cleared case percentage, a factor that had weighed heavily when Ryan had requested him for the task force. She was treated and released from St. Joseph Candler. She's staying with her mother. The address is in the file. Where the hell is that other investigator Dixon promised? McElroy's truculent question struck a chord with Ryan. He made sure it didn't show. Commander Dixon has assured me that he's carefully looking at possible candidates to assign to the task force. He ignored the muttered responses in the room. 
If another member weren't assigned to the group by the end of the day, he would have it out with Dixon himself. Again? We need to process the primary scene and interview the victim. Cantrell, I want you and— His words stopped as the door opened, and a slight young woman with short, dark hair entered. Despite the double whammy of Savannah's heat and humidity, she wore a long-sleeved white shirt over her black pants. He hadn't seen her around before, but given the photo ID badge clipped to the pocket of her shirt and the thick folder she carried, he figured her for a clerical temp. And if that file contained copies of the complete Marine Patrol report, it was about damn time. I'm looking for Detective Robel. She scanned the occupants in the room before shifting her focus to him. You found him. He gestured to a table near the door. Just set the folder there and close the door on your way out.